0: we have to understand something. How can you talk about freedom and justice for all when you were brought under the banner of servitude? How can you talk about freedom and justice for all when you were brought in shackles and chains with yokes about your neck? The Bible says that the children of Israel will be scattered into all nations under the banner of slavery. This was a global slave trade. Luke chapter 21, verse 21 through 24, says you're going to fall by the edge of the sword, and you're going to be led away captive into all nations. So the question for the critical thinker is, who did that happen to? Did that happen to the Chinese? No. Did that happen to the Arab? No. Did that happen to the European? No. Did that happen to the people that call themselves Jewish? No. What race of mankind on the earth was taken into captivity into all nations? You think this global slave trade would be not documented in the greatest history book known to mankind? You're looking at the Bible and you don't realize that it's talking about you, yes, you. The people that are impacted by slavery and colonialism. The people that were taken to America, taken to the Caribbean islands, taken to France, Portugal, taken to Spain as slaves. The Bible says that the the gospel The gospel of the Jesus Christ that we know of is a black man that came to set liberty to the captives. That's Isaiah 61, verse 1. Who needs saving? Who needs liberty? Does the French need liberty? Does America need liberty? Who is oppressed? Who is getting brutalized in the streets? Who is getting gunned down when you know categorically and statistically they committed no crime? You're being persecuted over a traffic violation. You're being murdered and slaughtered. Ask Sandra Bland, was she free? Ask Trayvon Martin, was he free? Ask George Floyd. A lot of people talk about that they're woke. You're fake woke. The scripture says, Awake to righteousness and sin not. Awake to righteousness. Awake to who you are. Who were you prior to slavery? Who were you prior to colonization? These answers and more can be seen as we listen to the Forefront Radio, where you will find out the truth in regards to your true nationality. Yes, when you read about the Bible, when it says, my skin is black, it's talking about you. When you read Song of Solomon, when it says, look not upon me because I am black, it's talking about you. When it comes to the greatest man that walked on the face of the earth, Jesus the Christ died a black man's death. Died through crucifixion, lynched on a tree like wool, feet like brass burned in a furnace. Who could this be talking about? This is talking about you, your people, the lost tribes of Israel. You are listening to the Forefront Radio. Thanks for listening in. We're going to tune to uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Verse 7 and verse 8 it says, For the mystery of iniquity doth already work, only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. For this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. So according to the scriptures, we are going to reveal to you who the wicked is, according to the Bible, their system of governance, and how they operate in this world. The next scripture we're going to look at is Job chapter 9, verse 24. It says, The earth is given into the hand of The wicked, the wicked, the earth is given into the hand of the wicked. So whoever is controlling the earth right now, that's who the wicked is according to the Bible. He covereth the faces of the judges thereof. If not, where and who is he? So if it's not those that are in power today, who is he? Who's controlling the Vatican? Who's controlling the United States of America? Who's controlling Europe? who's controlling the United Nations? According to the Bible, that is the wicked. Now let's check out this history real quick. You are listening to another episode of Legacy of the Wicked. We are now going to play chapter three of the book entitled War is a Racket. It is a uh, great, insightful book to look into. Uh, This was written by General Smedley D. Butler, who was a World War One general. Legacy of the Wicked has been exposing the truth. So now he's going to uh, talk about who profits or who foots the bill for the racket of
1: war. Who provides the profits? These nice little profits of 20, 100, 300, 1,500, and 1,800 percent. We all pay them in taxation. We paid the bankers their profits when we bought Liberty Bonds at $100 and sold them back at $84 or $86 to the bankers. These bankers collected $100 plus. It was a simple manipulation. The bankers controlled the security marts. It was easy for them to depress the price of these bonds. Then all of us, the people, got frightened and sold the bonds at $84 or $86. The bankers bought them. Then these same bankers stimulated a boom and government bonds went to par and above. Then the bankers collected their profits. But the soldier pays the biggest part of the bill. If you don't believe this, visit the American cemeteries on the battlefields abroad, or visit any of the veterans' hospitals in the United States. On a tour of the country, in the midst of which I am at the time of this writing, I have visited eighteen government hospitals for veterans. In them are a total of about fifty thousand destroyed men, men who were the pick of the nation eighteen years ago, The very able chief surgeon at the government hospital at Milwaukee, where there are 3,800 of the living dead, told me that mortality among veterans is three times as great as among those who stayed at home. Boys with a normal viewpoint were taken out of the fields and offices and factories and classrooms and put into the ranks. There they were remolded. They were made over. They were made to about face, to regard murder as the order of the day. They were put shoulder to shoulder, and through mass psychology, they were entirely changed. We used them for a couple of years and trained them to think nothing at all of killing or of being killed. Then, suddenly, we discharged them and told them to make another about-face. This time, they had to do their own readjustment, sans mass psychology, sans officers' aid and advice, and sans nationwide propaganda. We didn't need them anymore so we scattered them about without any three-minute or liberty-loan speeches or parades. Many, too many of these fine young boys are eventually destroyed mentally because they could not make that final about-face alone.
0: Consider what he just said about the cost of war, how many men are manipulated into having an apathy towards bloodshed how many men are deceived and propagandized, how the citizens are then put to work to fuel the fires and flames of war, how they utilize these individuals who worked as field hands, who worked as plumbers, who worked as farmers, electricians. Many of these men had desires to become doctors, lawyers, and help their family to prosper. But yet they took them and caused them to be cannon fodder for the wealthy of the world. How many Black veterans do you know of today that have fought in the Iraq War, the war in Afghanistan, the war in Somalia, the war in Ethiopia that they fought, the war in Yemen, in Syria, the wars between the European nations within themselves where they, within their own country, are being discriminated against, persecuted, lynched, and mentally and physically abused, only to put on a military uniform for a little bit of money and say, fight for your country. This is the legacy of the wicked. This is what they have done. They have said, let our strength be the law of justice, because that which is feeble is of little worth.
1: In the government hospital in Marion, Indiana, 1,800 of these boys are in pens. Five hundred of them in a barracks, with steel bars and wires all around outside the buildings and on the porches. These already have been mentally destroyed. These boys don't even look like human beings. Oh, the looks on their faces. Physically, they are in good shape. Mentally, they are gone. There are thousands and thousands of these cases, and more and more are coming in all the time. The tremendous excitement of the war, the sudden cutting off of that excitement, the young boys couldn't stand it. That's a part of the bill. So much for the dead, they have paid their part of the war profits. So much for the mentally and physically wounded, they are paying now their share of the war profits. But the others paid too. They paid with heartbreaks when they tore themselves away from their firesides and their families to don the uniform of Uncle Sam, on which a profit had been made. They paid another part in the training camps, where they were regimented and drilled, while others took their jobs and their places in the lives of their communities. They paid for it in the trenches, where they shot and were shot, where they were hungry for days at a time, where they slept in the mud and the cold and in the rain, with the moans and shrieks of the dying for a horrible lullaby. But don't forget, the soldier paid part of the dollars and cents bill, too. Up to and including the Spanish-American War, we had a prize system, and soldiers and sailors fought for money. During the Civil War, they were paid bonuses in many instances, Before they went into service, the government or states paid as high as $1,200 for an enlistment. In the Spanish-American War, they gave prize money. When we captured any vessels, the soldiers all got their share. At least, they were supposed to. Then it was found that we could reduce the cost of wars by taking all the prize money and keeping it, but conscripting the soldier anyway. Then soldiers couldn't bargain for their labor. Everyone else could bargain, but the soldier couldn't. Napoleon once said, All men are enamored of decorations. They positively hunger for them. So by developing the Napoleonic system, the medal business, the government learned it could get soldiers for less money because the boys liked to be decorated. Until the Civil War, there were no medals. Then the Congressional Medal of Honor was handed out. It made enlistments easier. After the Civil War, no new medals were issued until the Spanish-American War. In the World War, we used propaganda to make the boys accept conscription. They were made to feel ashamed if they didn't join the army. So vicious was this war propaganda that even God was brought into it. With few exceptions, our clergymen joined in the clamor to kill, kill, kill.
0: Think about what this individual is saying. They utilized religion to brainwash their citizens to go to war for God. They used God's name to blaspheme Him to create war and bloodshed. When you read in the book of Exodus, in the very Ten Commandments that people neglect to read, it says, Thou shalt not kill. But those that have exalted themselves as deities on the earth, they say, God Himself wants you to kill through war. Through extreme nationalism, through domestic terrorism, through foreign policy, inflicting your efforts on others, they call it spreading democracy. He's given an example right now of the Spanish-American War and telling us how there was extreme propaganda used by the state and used by
1: the church to kill the Germans. God is on our side. It is his will that the Germans be killed. And in Germany, the good pastors called upon the Germans to kill the allies, to please the same God. That was a part of the general propaganda, built up to make people war conscious and murder conscious. Beautiful ideals were painted for our boys who were sent out to die. This was the war to end all wars. This was the war to make the world safe for democracy. No one mentioned to them as they marched away that their going and their dying would mean huge war profits. No one told these American soldiers that they might be shot down by bullets made by their own brothers here. No one told them that the ships on which they were going to cross might be torpedoed by submarines built with United States patents. They were just told it was to be a glorious adventure. Thus,
0: Think about what he's saying, and think about the previous episode that we listened to. In the previous episode, we read in the book of Ezekiel how the creator of all things will make a way where Esau, because he pursued after blood, blood would pursue him. So they had become self-deceived in their own actualizations, right? Because remember, think prior to World War One, right? In order for them to gain the land, the resources, the wealth of America, they had to get it by war. And then through war themselves, they also sent their sons and our sons to fight to, quote-unquote, spread democracy. But yet they don't think of the, the end results of how this would affect the nation as a whole. Let's listen on.
1: Having stuffed patriotism down their throats, it was decided to make them help pay for the war, too, so we gave them the large salary of $30 a month. All they had to do for this munificent son was to leave their dear ones behind, give up their jobs, lie in swampy trenches, eat canned willy, when they could get it, and kill, and kill, and kill, and be killed. But wait, half of that wage just a little more than a riveter in a shipyard or a laborer in a munitions factory safe at home made in a day, was promptly taken for him to support his dependents so that they would not become a charge upon his community. Then we made him pay what amounted to accident insurance, something the employer pays for in an enlightened state, and that cost him $6 a month. He had less than $9 a month left. Then the most crowning insolence at all He was virtually blackjacked into paying for his own ammunition, clothing, and food by being made to buy liberty bonds. Most soldiers got no money at all on paydays. We made them buy liberty bonds at $100, and then we bought them back, when they came back from the war and couldn't find work, at $84 and $86. And the soldiers bought about $2 billion worth of these bonds. Yes, the soldier pays the greater part of the bill. His family pays, too. They pay it in the same heartbreak that he does. As he suffers, they suffer. At nights, as he lay in the trenches and watched shrapnel burst about him, they lay home in their beds and tossed sleeplessly. His father, his mother, his wife, his sisters, his brothers, his sons, and his daughters. When he returned home minus an eye or minus a leg or with his mind broken, they suffered, too as much as and even sometimes more than he. Yes, and they too contributed their dollars to the profits of the munitions makers and bankers and shipbuilders and the manufacturers and the speculators made. They too bought liberty bonds and contributed to the profit of the bankers after the armistice in the hocus-pocus of manipulated liberty bond prices. And even now, the families of the wounded men and of the mentally broken and those who never were able to readjust themselves are still suffering and still paying.
0: So we see the course of war. This was part three of War is a Racket, and we can find that God himself speaks about the oppression that the rich do on the land. Let's read again the book of James, chapter 5, verse 4, going down, it says, Behold the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud, cries, and the cries of them which have reaped, Are now entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. You have lived in pleasure on the earth and been wanton. You have nourished your hearts as in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and killed the just. You have, I'm sorry, you have condemned and killed the just, and he does not resist you. Think about all the wars that have occurred from these European powers on the earth. Through slavery and colonization and conquest, through neocolonialism and all the various things they've done. Many people, many innocent, many just men have been slaughtered on the earth and they have not resisted against these European powers. And those that have resisted, they're ridiculed, they are discriminated against, they are spoken evil of, right? They'll exalt people like Christopher Columbus and give them a plaque and give him a memorial of a the day. They'll exalt the wicked of the earth that do these things. But those that actually fight against oppression, they don't exalt them. Where's the, where's the day for the Zanj rebellion where blacks fought against Arabic invasion, Arabic slavery, Arabic uh, 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 persecution? or or the Black Jews and Moors that fought during the Inquisition? Where's their day to memorialize against the hundreds and countless of deaths that occurred during the Inquisition? Or the various Black populations throughout the earth that survived colonialism, slavery, where's their day? It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Oh, you tell me, oh, Black History Month. Well, Black History Month, you've never learned that the people that they enslaved are actually the Israelites. You learn the same regurgitated information over and over and over. But God has an answer. He says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it until he received the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts. For the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. So the Most High is telling us, look, he understands everything that we're going through. He needs us to be patient. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Verse eight, be ye also patient. We have to sustain ourselves with patience, with integrity, with discipline, with honor. Verse 9. Grudge not against another, brethren. I'm going to read it again. Grudge not one against another, brethren. Lest you be condemned, behold, the judge standeth before the door. Take my brethren, the prophets, who have spoken in the time of the Lord for an example of suffering affliction and of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. You have heard of the patience of Job, and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and tender mercy. When you read the story of Job, Job lost so much things—his livelihood, his wealth, his family— his health, all these evil things happened to him. When you read the end of the book of Job, chapter 42, it says the Lord turned his captivity into a blessing and renewed him better than before. This same story is for our blacks, Hispanics, and Native Americans, those impacted by the way of the wicked that have been put in captivity in this world, that have lost their lives, that have lost their uh, wealth, lost their families. There will be a resurrection day. There will be a day of rejoicing. And when we rejoice, the wicked shall be put to hell. The wicked will mourn when we will rejoice. All right. This was another episode of Legacy of the Wicked. We appreciate you listening in to The Forefront Radio. Please tune in on our social media sites, The Forefront Express on IG, as well as The Forefront Radio 1 on YouTube. Peace and blessings to you all. Tune in to The Forefront Radio, www.anchor.fm slash theforefront. Listen every week on Spotify, on iHeartRadio, and many other platforms. Hey, my friend, you have just listened to the Forefront Radio. Please leave your comment and input about the show, what you like about the show, as well as any general feedback on ways to improve. We need your help to acquire new equipment to implement studio-quality video and audio to our friends. Contribute as little as $4.99. It's only worth a cup of coffee. Then we can produce documentaries, more episodes, and great info for the diaspora. Go to Cash App and enter A-P-H-I-E-L-L-E-V-I to donate to The Forefront Radio to cover our advertising costs and reach more people. Catch our next episode on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, anchor.fm, slash The Forefront. Always remember, the truth shall liberate the mind. Peace to the heirs of promise and the heritage of the scattered 12 tribes.